Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Welcome along to Movies First. Last episode, our august erstwhile colleague, Chris Coleman, my name is Alex First, sang for his supper. I admired that enormously. So maybe you can make up a tune, Chris Coleman, about women on Wall Street. There's a challenge. Last time I gave you an easy... When when did this become let's dare Chris to do something stupid as opposed to movies first? Well, because you've got a vocal... You've got vocal intonation. You you can sing. (laughs) I can't. You crawl up. I've never prepared. You've got such a golden voice. In fact, you should have been a you should have been an artiste extraordinaire. Maybe you should have got up there with with uh, Mr. Urban and and sang at the NRL Grand Final. Maybe I could have got up and sang instead of Richie Sambora. He was yeah. t- how 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 disappointing was that? Well, yeah. Well, it reminded me of Meatloaf. At the AFL Grand Final, you weren't the only one. Twitter was going into meltdown, and the com- and the comparisons were being made. But look, it's it's a tough gig. I mean, I I went along to the MCG to hear the three tenors, and the acoustics were appalling. And I don't believe for a moment it was the three tenors. So maybe that's making excuses. It's a tough gig. I, I must admit, I thought that uh, Danny Im did a great job with the with the uh, national anthem. I thought that was terrific. Did did uh, you enjoy that? Uh, yeah, but I, I think Australians, we've actually done... A, I, I can't recall a bad performance of the national anthem, of the Australian national anthem. I can, however, recall plenty of bad performances of other countries' national anthems at sporting events. So I think we've been lucky so far. Oh, well, yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I all I can say is that it's, very, it's a tough gig. I mean, I... I'm not excusing what went on, but it's it's difficult because it's not an, an outdoor venue. It's it's not the same as playing an, an indoor venue. And you know, we do another podcast which is theatre first. And when I saw We Will Rock You, the acoustics in there were absolutely awesome mm. with a few thousand people. But we're not talking about a full stadium with tens of thousands of people. Where go- golly, I remember you know where sound can travel anywhere. Remember we we talked about the Beatles. There was a documentary that Ron Howard made about it, and the Beatles themselves said they couldn't hear one another in the stadium, and they were kind of hoping that the words that they were singing made sense. So it must be a difficult thing. And this is going back, obviously, when were the Beatles? We're talking about the sixties. So you know, maybe maybe soundscapes have improved since then. But I wouldn't like to be the one standing up in front of a, a crowd and everybody judging my every note. Yeah, and the other problem with football ground performances is that you are largely performing on a stage that gets set up very quickly. Uh, you, you may have time for a very quick sound check. Uh, and you are at a, at a stadium which is, again, set up for a sports event, not a stadium that is set up... No, not, not somewhere like the Hollywood Bowl, for example. 
no, or, or the Maya Music Bowl in Melbourne, which, which is set up specifically for live performances. So you know, there are issues, and uh, uh, but again, um, singing flat or hitting bum notes uh, doesn't help. No, well, I mean, Prince in Purple Rain and all that. Remember, he sang with, when it was teeming with rain. And you talked about the Maya Music Bowl. I think the biggest, the, num- the largest number of people who turned up at a free concert, something like a, I'm, I'm just doing this from recollection, 180,000? Was that for the Seekers? So I, at, I believe it was something like that, yeah. I mean, this was when Melbourne was a far cry in numbers from what it is today. So we, we tend to forget, I'd seen the live show about the Seekers, just how popular they were in their day. We've got right away from talking about women on Wall Street. Well, we have. And, and you've got away with not singing about them, which, which I might is even think, better. Yeah, the, the movie I want to talk about is Equity. Runs for 100 minutes, rated M in Australia, and it is about women on Wall Street. It's a slow burn movie, eats away a psyche, becomes more and more involving the longer it goes, and it's a drama about women who thrive on competition, ambition, deals and strategy in what is a heavily male-dominated world. Female investment banker fighting to rise to the top of the corporate ladder at a competitive Wall Street firm navigates a controversial tech IPO or initial public offering in the post-financial crisis world. Please don't let your eyes glaze over as you're hearing this. So this is post-GFC. And in this environment, loyalties are suspect, regulations are tight, but there's still pressure to bring in the big money. It's directed, written, produced and financed by women, collaboration among women in entertainment and business leaders in finance. So the real-life women of Wall Street. And it's directed by Mira Mernon, or Menon, and the screenplays by Amy Fox. So you've got the senior investment banker called Naomi Bishop, played by Anna Gunn. And she's sharp, she's experienced, she's a resolute competitor in high-stakes finance. But her mostly winning track record is overlooked when she's passed over for promotion at her Wall Street firm. Her specialty is bringing Silicon Valley startups through initial public offering. But the last project she was involved with left an industry perception she'd miscalculated the value of the IPO and mishandled the delicate process of going public. So she needs a big win to dispel those clouds. She puts aside her frustration. She gets to work courting promising startups. And this character, Naomi Bishop, works closely with her younger subordinate, played by Sarah Megan Thomas. The character's name is Erin Erin Manning. So while Manning's fortunes are tied to Bishop's, Manning is shrewdly ambitious herself. But she's not being rewarded adequately based upon her contribution to the firm. For Bishop, who's the senior investment banker, a sense of unease permeates both her professional and private life. At a career mentoring event she reconnects with an old friend from her college days, Samantha Ryan, played by Alicia Reiner. And Samantha Ryan is a Justice Department investigator. She's been taking on narcotics gangs. Now, though, her focus has shifted to white-collar crime, and she's investigating Wall Street finance. Now, you know that these two women, Samantha Ryan and Naomi Bishop, will meet again. But next time, it's not going to be pretty. There have been lots of movies. You think about it, people getting too big for their boots in the world of high finance, Wall Street to the Wolf of Wall Street, and many in between. I'd not seen one before where the focus was solely women, because all in the movie have got an agenda, and I can't say they're very easy to like. That in itself is unusual for a movie, any movie. 
because the heroes are usually written to be warm and caring types. And what Naomi Bishop cares most about is herself and making money and rising to the top of her firm. Her private life appears lonely in spite of what is a convenient arrangement with a man in the same industry as her. The same can actually be said of the 2IC, who's desperate for recognition and compensation and whose relationship with her husband is fraught. And then there's the investigator who may mean well, but is required to be convincingly ingenuous in order to extract information from those who are flouting the law to varying degrees. And that's why I'm saying the relationship between the Justice Department investigator and the senior investment banker, even though they knew each other in the past, is not going to be an easy one. This is slow-moving equity, especially at first. The tension builds throughout. You can actually feel the fear rising among the principal characters. It's all about the power game, and it's commentary on the gross discrepancy between men and women in positions of strength and authority. It just serves to reinforce the world of finance can be mighty, mighty ugly and is nothing if not ruthless. It really does appear to me, Chris, that these women would virtually tear each other's throats out if it meant getting to the top. It's that, that they are that resolute, and boy, oh boy, uh, it would be difficult to be in their company for any more than a short amount of time. What would you score equity? Because it sounds like one of those movies that on some days you might give a high score and some days you might not give such a high score to. Look, I liked it. I It took me a while because there weren't sympathetic characters and you didn't quite know what was going on and it was slow burn, but absolutely worth persisting with seven and a half out of ten for equity rated m in australia running for 100 minutes you've been listening to movies first with alex first and chris coleman subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, stitcher and itunes or your favorite podcast distributor this has been another quality podcast production from bytes.com Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.